Hi, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Zach Luna. This year, Spider-Man finally joins the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Spider-Man Homecoming. But 15 years ago, the friendly neighborhood webhead hit the big screen for the first time ever. Introducing Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the Spider-Man movies one minute at a time. Starting with Sam Raimi's web-slinging debut, we discuss everything from genetically engineered super spiders to wall-crawling heroics. Join us as we navigate the great power and great responsibility behind every single minute of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Spider-Man Minute, available at DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one bromance-filled minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 176, which starts with the continuation of Boromir's line from last week. He says it'll make the crossing even more dangerous and ends with Boromir's very offended face. He just finished saying, you were quick enough to trust the elves, and then he's just like, Bro, what? Come on, bro. <laughs> well, dude, I I think it's interesting this conversation between Aragorn and Boromir because the last time we saw them, they were uh very vulnerable with each other. Mm. Um and Boromir was very he was kind of like waxing like rhapsodical about Gondor. Mm. You know, just like you know, this is a a beautiful place. This is where I'm from. Like, I have a lot of pride in like where I'm from and who I am and all this stuff. And you know, it's like one day we're gonna see the the White City together, and you know, like see the battlements and the trumpets yeah. and all that. And now he's trying to convince Aragorn once more to go through Gondor instead of taking the back way. Yeah, this is like a continuation of the kind of public argument they had at the Council of Elrond. Yeah. Like, this is them finally, like, getting back to that conversation. Well, and also, uh, before, um, Karadras. Yeah. And Moria. Like, this has been a sticking point for Boromir. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that we see it again here. Well, this is like, this is right before they have to make their real choice about the route they're going to take. Mm. And So it's like one one last push. Yeah, because once they go beyond the Argonath, they're in the realm of Gondor. And they have to make the choice to head east and head for, um, oh, what's the elven name for it? The, the Jagged Rocks and then the Dead Marshes. And then try to get around the Black Gate or go downriver towards Gondor. Right. And either way has its own problems. And from Boromir's perspective, it seems foolish to do anything other than go to Gondor and regroup. Right. And 
he's what he's saying makes practical sense, but as viewers, we know he's influenced by right the ring. And once again, like he's thinking from a tactical standpoint. Yeah. Uh, and like he's like a seasoned commander right. at this point. We don't know that yet, but we're gonna find out right. in the later movies. And even coming at it from like a tactical standpoint, he comes at it from the idea that. Sauron is an enemy that can still be, like, bested in battle or at least fooled by battle or fought back. But that's not really true at this point. Well, I think he's still thinking about the fact that, like, if it's a threat, I can punch it. Yeah. You know? I can. (laughs) I can do something about it. I can stick my sword through it. Yeah. Stick him with the pointy end. Right. Um, And the other thing that I... think that is interesting about this conversation is um boromir is saying you know we should go to minas tirith we'll strike at at um at sauron from a place of strength and aragorn says uh there is no strength in gondor that can avail us that can avail us which is definitely his upbringing um shining through yes this is <laughs> this is a conversation that's been bubbling and like the whole you were quick enough to trust the elves thing is boromir just straight out being like dude you're a man too yeah i mean we'll get the rest of that line tomorrow and it's it really i don't know that's like a low blow of a line but we'll talk about it tomorrow yeah. like because um, this is about to be like boromir's self-definition in what way? Like, what he says tomorrow doesn't just, like, apply to Gondor. Uh-huh. I think it applies to himself. Mm, okay. Uh, but I think it's it's funny because, you know, we've been hearing Elrond, especially, being like, you know, men are weak. And, you know... <laughs> we have Aragorn kind of say it right here in a different way. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, 87 years of listening to Elrond say the same thing is going to show up at some point. <laughs> right, and, and, and he's just like... Men are weak. Wait, no, I can't say it that way. <laughs> there is no strength in Gondor that can avail us. That's basically like the more flowery, like yeah, <laughs> Just like really, what he's saying is men are weak. And then he's he like turns away from Boromir. And he's well, just not like, only and then he's like, did I just do that? Not only are men, not only is it uh, men are weak, it's your men are weak. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Boromir has just spent so much time talking about Gondor, like, back in Lothlorien. Yeah. And there is no strength in Gondor. Yeah. There, There's nothing to help us there, buddy. Yeah. Sorry. You, you, got, you got nothing to bring to this table. So, I thought that that line especially is very interesting, because Aragorn... You can see that he's his patience is being tested. Like yeah. he they've had this conversation many times before. Yeah. Um, on and off camera. So I yeah. think he's finally getting to like the snippy point of the argument yeah. where he's just like, Can we chill? Yeah. And I mean this minute and in the next minute, and not just with Bormir and Aragorn, also with Frodo and Sam, is the the tease for the climax. Yeah. It's just like they're a little more set up for what we're about to see in about 10, 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. I Maybe like, a little uh, longer than that. I like, yeah, I also like the juxtaposition between this conversation between Boromir and Aragorn and Frodo and Sam's conversation. Yeah. 
right? Oh, Sam. (laughs) I love Sam. He's just so concerned. He's like, you should eat something. You haven't eaten anything all day. And you haven't been sleeping. Don't think I haven't noticed. (laughs) Which is adorable, but also a little creepy. Like, <laughs> I know Gandalf that it's, told no, him it's his job to babysit right. Frodo. It's his job. That's right. Don't you lose him, Samwise Gamgee. Right, exactly. I don't mean to. Right. I know, but... That's Sam's whole mission statement. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why just, he's here. I'm just teasing. Like, I'm just teasing. No character has a clearer mission statement than Sam. Right. It's like, don't lose him. And it's interesting, um, not only from a... Frodo and Aragorn uh, parallel, Mm. where these two are very immovable about what they think is right. Yeah. It may or may not necessarily be the right choice, but this is what they think, this is what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, But it's also interesting looking at Frodo and Boromir because from like a, a ring standpoint, like the influence of the ring is manifesting again before we get to our the beginning of our climax. Yeah. Which is coming up soon. Yeah. Like we get we're going to get the climactic moment of like the thing that kicks off the climax at the beginning of next week. Yep. We're there. Yeah. We're almost there. Yeah. So I like I don't know. There's a lot of parallels happening in this minute. Yeah. I'm, yeah, because there's... Yeah, the the Frodo-Aragorn parallel is really apparent here. Because yeah. they are both very... They're stubborn about what they're going to do. They've already made up their minds. Yeah. These other characters aren't going to convince them of anything otherwise. And Frodo responds to being pushed by just withdrawing. like... Withdrawing. And Boromir responds to being pushed like... Or or Aragorn responds being pushed by like pushing back, yeah, and that causes Boromir to really push against him, yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to see the way that these two characters also deal with the push and pull, yeah. Because Aragorn gets snippy, yeah, he does. <laughs> Aragorn just gets like he's still kind of he's a little passive aggressive, but he just gets like snippy, and then he just wants to walk away, yeah. And then Boromir's like, oh, we're going to go? No, we're going to have a conversation. (laughs) Do not walk away from me, mister. (laughs) No, I... I I don't know. I really... uh, Sam in this minute is so cute. Mm. I love Sam. uh, He's such a good... He's such a good friend. He is. He's just looking out for Frodo. Yeah. He's like... Man, but the way that Frodo Frodo looks at him, he's just like, you can't help me. Not this time, Sam. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just so sad. It's like, it's just so heartbreaking. Yeah. It's very relatable sometimes. Like, Elijah Wood did such a good job of just, like, slowly stepping up for, like, the isolationism. Mm-hmm. Or the, the isolation. Isolationism is not really a word, I don't think. No, the, it is. It's a philosophy. But, like, the, the isolation and the the gnawing at feeling that Frodo must be going through. Like Elijah Wood did such a good job of slowly shifting into it and ramping it up across this movie. And then even more so as we keep going. And I like, when you think about the fact that all of these were filmed out of sequence too, it must be really hard to get back into that mindset of the timeline. Yeah. The, um, like we're going to talk about it, uh, at the end of the weekend, like this week too, but 
what we're going to see start at the end of this week was also filmed like within the first month or so. Oh, nice. So like some of Sean Bean's first stuff that he did was with Frodo and Amon Hen. Ooh, interesting. So it is interesting to think about it that way. It was in the first few weeks yeah. of their filming schedule. That's kind of cool, though, from like an acting standpoint, like starting with this. The climactic moment that these two characters have. Right. And then putting it, putting what you know about where these characters go into your interactions right. previous. Yeah. Because then you have... Because Alan Rickman got to do that. Right. You have the um, the ability to build, um, like, foreshadowing or just, like, slowly... Like, you know where it ends so you can slowly get to that point. Yeah. Um, I'm so sure. it feels natural. Yeah. And it I think it, it comes through. There's, there's a lot of really good little moments with Frodo and Boromir because they only have a couple of actual vocal interactions uh-huh. in the movie. Uh, and there's a cool, there's a juxtaposition that we're going to see this week where we get a reaction from both of them about the same thing hmm. that I think is actually really cool. Uh, and I don't know, there's just so many little things that were definitely made better from these two knowing where this this goes. Yeah. Like, just the way that Sean Bean is with Elijah in the scene where, like, he tussles his hair and gives him back the ring. Right. Like. That moment's really good. It's one of the, I think it's one of the stronger moments of Boromir in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, this scene comes off as, like, uncomfortable in a really natural way. Like, a really specific kind of uneasiness. Yeah. That I'm not really sure what to call. Because it's very tense. Yeah. And I don't... They really, really must have benefited from knowing how they their last interaction was going to go and have already having already planned it out. Right. Because every well, time mean, it comes it's, up... it's there for them in the script. Right. But having actually, like, blocked it out and done it and really worked on it and done something good ahead of time... Right. I feel like it helped both of those characters to keep going back to that and be like, so this is the tense moment we're building to. Right. How do I make that come through in this performance? Right. Yeah. I do like the juxtaposition between these two conversations, though. It's I think it's a shame when scenes like these get cut from the theatrical... Were both of these cut? Uh, some of the, like this Aragorn Boromir moments cut is gone. Uh, but this the Frodo and Sam one must be in it still. Um, because it's important to set up the end of the movie with Sam. I you know I we just watched the theatrical a while ago, but I I can't recall okay. if this moment is. I don't think it is. I think that they just cut it for time, but not for any story reason because. Without the stuff, when you cut everything in the back half of this movie, like we mentioned last yeah. week, you're cutting a lot out. So oh, it happens well, a lot quicker. Yeah, because doesn't it go from, like, we don't see them camping because we're trying to ramp up. The yeah, we don't see it camping. We okay. just we okay. just go right through. That's sad. It is sad because all these character moments really help build everybody else. Mm-hmm. And between Sam and Boromir, Sam suffers the most from those sorts of things because Sam is so prominent in the next two movies. So, like, any setup you lose in the first movie for the theatrical, I think, affects the way you view his performance in 2 and 3. I don't think... So. I I disagree with that. I think because because he's featured more in the second and third movies, he has more of a chance to really shine as a character. Um, but with Boromir, you know, 
ending up how he ends up in this yeah. movie. Well, the different cuts in the movie kind of tell a slightly different story about Boromir. Mm-hmm. They're they're close, but this version paints Boromir in like more positive, vulnerable light. Yeah. Whereas the theatrical version paints him as a little more paranoid, a little more just yeah. not at ease. Well, I don't know. I think the theatrical is. Um, I think this the extended edition Boromir is a more fleshed out character. And I think the theatrical edition Boromir is like a sketchy, um, just like a sketch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the extended edition Boromir is fully inked, fully colored, like, polished, yeah. pretty picture. And theatrical edition Boromir, unfortunately, is just like a little doodle that someone did at lunch. You know, I mean, obviously I'm using hyperbole, but yeah, I think in comparison, especially for me, because I had never seen theatrical, yeah. going from extended edition Boromir to theatrical edition Boromir is like night and day mm. for me. So, yeah. Also, I mean, theatrical Aragorn has a little less of these nice character moments, too, because a yeah. lot of them that were cut are tied up in Boromir. Well, and again, the thing with Aragorn is that he has the rest of the movies. Like, yeah. the third movie is his movie. Right. But if you don't grab an audience's interest in the characters that are going to be featured going forward... I think that they do a good job grabbing interest, but I think, unfortunately, because Boromir is the one that dies at the end of the movie, mm. he's the one that has the least development. Yeah. Because, like, we care about this character, but we only care about this character because Aragorn cares about this character. And we care about Aragorn. At least that's how it reads to me. Hmm. Um, And as far as that moment, which we'll get to in a few weeks, with Aragorn and Boromir, I think it loses some of the... The like, gravitas? Yeah. And the nuance of it. Without all of this stuff, without all of these conversations, especially the one in Lothlorien. Yeah. So. I know it's a. That's the biggest loss for Boromir is that very vulnerable conversation in Lothlorien. Yeah. That's that's the biggest loss to the character from all the cuts that created the theatrical version. Because no matter how the rest of that movie was put together, if that one was still there. Boromir would have felt much more like a real person. Right. That's much more I, fleshed that's out. What, that's what I mean by like a sketch. Like, yeah. not quite a caricature because he's not like all mustache twirly and whatever. But I don't think, I think he, I mean, you have an ensemble movie with like nine main characters and all of these supporting characters. Mm. Someone's going to, you know, someone's going to not be able to develop. Right, like uh, Legolas has the least development of the Fellowship in this movie. Right. Like, a few characters are going to fall to the wayside. That's just how it is, because there's nine main characters. Yeah. But I think because Boromir does leave at the end of this one, I think it's a shame that they weren't able to fit as many of his character moments in. 
mm-hmm. as they filmed. Yeah. Right, because we even lose that character moment between Frodo and Boromir on the, the tree stand in Lothlorien. Yeah. Which is a nice little moment. Right. Because it shows like the the uh, it, empath- shows, it shows yeah, the empathy that Boromir empathy has. And compassion, yeah. Which is something we just don't get from theatrical Boromir. No, he's just a like a, a self serving dude bro. Right. Yeah. And then Aragorn's real sad. Like yeah. <laughs> And Oregon's like, oh man, I miss that guy. Yeah. <sighs> Won't be the same without. Well, let's hunt some orc. <laughs> let's hunt orc. But yeah. So and uh, just a quick note on these two these two conversations too. These are both studio shots. Mm. So these were both done uh, in a studio. The Bormir Aragorn one was done during principal photography. Yeah. And the Frodo Sam scene was a pickup, but then it wasn't used in the theatrical. Cool, cool. Yeah. Sweet deal. So we are from the website DuelingGenre.com. Check us out there. All of our contact information, our Facebook, our Twitter, our email, etc., etc. And if you like what you hear, uh, please consider supporting us on Patreon, which you can find at DuelingGenre.com slash support. Uh, special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. I hope everyone has a great Monday, and we'll be back to talk more.